You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. Uh, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Joe Booley, your host. I'm zonecoverage.com. And with me, as always, is Tony Abbott of the Athletic Minnesota. Tony, how is your day going? It's going all right, Joe. Uh, I had I had laundry day this weekend, and let me tell you something. Boy, are my arms tired from folding all my laundry. I bet it was more fun than watching the wild penalty kill. Uh, it is actually about the same amount of, of fun. Uh, there's crying <laughs> in both cases. <laughs> uh, just, uh, just, you know... It was like I went on vacation from doing laundry for a week, but more like a month. And now I'm 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 back into the laundry room, and I am sluggish, and uh, yeah, and it's not going too well. But that's fine. We're uh, we're 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 gonna make it, and and the the wild are are presumably gonna make it till uh, till the end of the season. And well, uh, <laughs> they will make it to the end of the season by virtue of having to just being forced to play the rest of their games out. Yeah, I mean, some of them are going to make it to the end of the season. We don't know about I, I suppose everybody. We don't know if everybody's going to make it to the end of the season. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, are we talking about the uh, Are we talking about the Boston game? That was a bummer. It was... So, I saw the word embarrassing. And sure, like, it, it's... You know, Boston's one of the best teams out there. I... You know, a six to one loss surely isn't a great loss, and really no losses at this juncture aren't. But again, what are your expectations? This team wasn't supposed to be good, and Boston's one of the best in the East and in all of the league. And and my God, that penal that power play that Boston has is absolutely took over the game. So uh also Tory Krug for crying out loud, like he he got some puck luck off of the post and then off of Dubnik that the wild just couldn't get. I mean, I think they hit like what, four or five posts. I mean, I'm not going to say like those hockey, but it's kind of like, that's kind of hockey at the same time. Like, especially when you're going up against one of the more elite teams in the league. So Mm -hmm. I know we're diving right into like wild talk here in our first segment, but um, yeah, it was, uh, I, 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 I had to miss, the game I had it on the the old DVR and I came back and kind of watched it at like midnight and I don't know why I even bothered staying up to watch it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess to some extent you make your own puck luck. Uh, to some extent, sometimes you, sure. you you do all you can and you're not able to do it. But I, I I do think in Boston's case that it is a case of them making their own puck luck just by sheer virtue of being so dominant at five one five. Yeah. And, you know, having those weapons on the power play, whereas, you know, the Wild, they're fine at five on five, but, you know, they're they're not dominant on the power play at all by any stretch not of the imagination. No. The penalty kill isn't good by any stretch of the imagination no. or like, I, I guess that's not entirely fair. Like, I haven't checked. Uh, I haven't checked like the numbers or anything like that, because maybe our eyes are just seeing the puck go in a lot. And, you know, maybe the maybe the defense is holding up better, but geez, the results are just absolutely garbage right now. So yeah, I, I think there are some cases where like you can you can try all you want and it's just not good enough, like uh Minnesota Wild twenty sixteen versus Jake Allen. Like it doesn't matter what, what you're throwing on net, it's just not gonna go through. 
Uh, but uh, in, in this case, like, I, I hear what you're saying of, of getting, you know, stuff off the post. But if you're if you're getting two or out out chance two to one, basically, mm-hmm. then, you know, you're, you're not you're not throwing enough at the net to to get right. that to that one that goes in off the post. I'm not going to say that the Wild would have won the game. But I do think that the game is a bit more competitive if, like, that Dumba shot early in the first period doesn't go off the post and actually goes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought the Wild actually had a good start to the first period. Um, I didn't really look any stats because, uh, you know, I was watching this game at 1 in the morning. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. But just kind of watching the game and the game flow, it looked like, yeah, you know, they came back, looked to be engaged in the game and, and try to play well. Uh, just couldn't get the puck luck. I think there was three posts alone in that first period. And uh, you get on the board first, and perhaps maybe the, the Wild could be in more in a position to potentially steal that one. I'm not saying that they're going to win it uh, because Boston clearly proved that once they get on the power play, that the power play can absolutely take over a game. And their power play is actually what I really want to see from the wild. Now the wild need to have the type of shooters that they do. Uh, Tori Krug and Jake DeBrusque and, and uh, even that little weasel, Brad Marchand. But, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where they – move the puck so quickly the wild were never in good position and they always saw an open guy and uh dubnik just i mean he couldn't keep up either i mean it was uh, it was quite the display by the boston bruins and and uh something that i would really love to see here in minnesota but one we need talent and two uh i think we need a f- complete philosophy change on the power play as well mm-hmm. all right enough about the boston bruins game We're going to actually get into your mailbag questions. We'll go and take our first break. And when we come back, we'll dive right into your Twitter questions. You are listening to Locked on Wild. And welcome back to Locked on Wild. I'm Joe. We're here, Tony. We're going to dive into your mailbag on your Twitter questions. And, Tony, I know you got the questions pulled up in front of you. I'm going to give you the mic, let you take over, and uh, we'll try to get through all of your, all of these questions that came in. So, Tony, what's the first question up for bid? Can you give me a beat, Joe? A beat? Yeah. Do some beatboxing for me while I read these questions. <laughs> from Johnson from Wisconsin. <laughs> Why is Raz playing on the second line? Keep it going, Joe. He was demoted during the Boston game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, he was. Uh, he did start off on the second line uh, in Boston uh, against Boston and was uh, summarily demoted back to the fourth line. Um, we both, I think, kind of agree that it's probably not the best position for Victor Rask. I think he had something like 18 minutes last night. I just don't think that he's the type of player that can see the uh, the second line minutes because he's a player that can be exposed. When you put him down on the fourth line, it's uh, it's one of those things where maybe he's better in, in smaller doses. And whether and, and if you've got him, maybe put him uh, into the press box. Maybe you put him in the press box. So I think that uh, I think that uh, it's time to to bring in. Uh, Ryan Donato and, and quit scratching him 
and give him more of a chance and highlight him on the second line. I know you kind of feel the same way, but uh, Victor Ask, in, in general, I just think isn't that kind of player that's ready for prime time. I agree with all that, Joe. I, uh, I also want to to look a little further down the questions. There's a, there's a little bit of a roasting of Victor Rask in this question that I'm going to skip over. Uh, but there's a, is there any chance that he could be traded even as a throw-in? Then why not a healthy scratch? I think what they were doing with him at the beginning of the year where, mm-hmm. you know, he was, you know, the in-case-of-emergency break Rask. <laughs> Uh, guy in the the press box, you know, if somebody was injured, Rask could come in and fill in capably on the fourth line and let someone else move up. I think putting him on the second line, like even if you're trying to inflate their trade or his trade value, yeah, I, I think that sure blew up in their face if that's what they were trying to do because he was not doing super good there. Um, and and the scouts, all eyes are on Minnesota right now. So mm-hmm. if yeah. uh. If he had trade value, which I, I doubt that he did, uh, I, I don't think that uh, that he has it now. I think even as a throw-in, you're probably attaching some sort of asset to it, or like say you're trading uh, trading a bigger name player and then trading Rask, you're probably taking on either some bad money or getting less in return for whatever player is in a trade involving Victor Rask. I think the smart thing to do is just buy him out, eat the cap hit. It's not that much. Yeah, and you either whatever they decide with Victor Rask. Ultimately, we we figured out that that line was a mess between uh, Kevin Fiala and Jason Zucker, and it, it's it's tough when those guys are supposed to be one of the top scorers on this team, and they can't even get in the offensive zone consistently because Victor Rask can't get them there. So uh, I think that's your answer. He shouldn't be on the second line. So mm-hmm. why is he on there? That's the that's the, uh, the one of the better questions out there right now. Uh, ben Remington, if two wings likely have to be moved before next season, who are they? Have to be or will be? Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, I think the the divide is more will they or should they? Right. Right. I think that you sell high on Marcus Foligno. I would agree on that. Yep, and uh, I think that th- th- a case could be made to be uh, moving. You know, um, Luke Cunning. Oh, Just, you, you stole my spicy. Oh, did I? That's my spicy take. All right. And then I think the other one that's been rumored is obviously Jason Zucker. Mm-hmm. I think the ones that they will, uh, I, I, I kind of lean more towards Jason Zucker and Donato in terms of will, because I think that's where the most smoke is in terms of the trade rumors. Uh, I think that uh, I think that Joe is writing that the ones that they should move are probably Marcos Foligno because his, his value is high. And then if you're going to trade a young guy with uh, with Luke Cunning, I think that his value is the highest among the young wings. And I think if you are just kind of rolling the dice on Jordan Greenway, if you're rolling the dice on Luke Cunning, if you're rolling the dice on Ryan Donato, uh, then, you know, I, if you got to move one of them, then then maybe just move the one that uh, that is you're going to get the most for. And I think another thing too, is if Luke Cunning's a right wing and not a center, which they, they drafted him hoping that he was going to be a center. Right. Uh, if he's a right wing, then, you know, look at the right wings that you have right now. It's, it's, it's Matt Zuccarello. He's not going anywhere. Kevin Fiala, he shouldn't be going anywhere. Kirill Kaprizov's coming in. He plays right wing in Russia, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, where does Luke Cunning fit into that? Is he a fourth liner? If so, trade him right now. 
Yeah, I don't believe he's a fourth liner. I don't believe his skill set fits the fourth line. So. I think it could, but yeah. I, nah, I don't. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm a big scoring fourth line guy, so you need scoring guys to fill out that. But all right, we, we don't need to argue about that. That can be a discussion for another day. Okay. Cool, cool. Next question. Um, we we just had a, a lot of anger coming into our mailbag this week for some reason. Um, the Wild were off for a whole like week and a half. How is there so much anger already? Morpheus from the Matrix, Matrix asks, how do we get rid of the Swiss cheese that is Devin Dubnik? It's a lot of anger. <laughs> it's a lot of snark in that tweet. It's a lot of, it's a lot of anger. Uh, I don't think that they can right now. No, I, I think you just uh, you just stick out the contract. Maybe you uh, maybe you shuffle things with the role. Maybe you get uh, get someone to be a one B, but or a one A maybe, and and do makes your one B. Uh, and you know, like uh, there's uh, there's we gotta remember that there's a lot going on with Devin Dubnik this year that uh, that we uh, you know like we've experienced. In, at least in some cases, and I think I think a lot of people who are listening have experienced, you know, a family member being sick, and, and you know mm-hmm. that that can affect you. It's it's hard Absolutely. to not think of, about. So I I, I think that uh, I think that it's frustrating that Devin Dubnik hasn't performed, and it's frustrating that you know the the Wild have depended on Devin Dubnik, and, and now. He's not coming through for them. That sucks. That that's unfortunate. But you know, this isn't a team that was going to be particularly good anyway. And just even beyond that, I I, I think a little more compassion, even in the frustrating moments with Dubnik, would be uh, would be nice. Not to scold anybody. Uh, I would like to point people to our listeners' choice episode on Friday, late Friday night. If you haven't already listened to it. Um, we did talk about kind of the future in net for the wild and perhaps some plans to go there. Uh, so I encourage people to check that episode out, mm-hmm. which would address Ben's question. Kaprizov arriving is nice and all, but what can the wild do about their goaltending in the next nine months? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think we tackled that on Friday's episode, mm-hmm. but I, I think, uh, the short answer uh, please listen to Friday's episode, but I think the short answer is definitely like, uh, you, you gotta just, you just gotta be like turning over every stone you can to get a young goalie in. Uh, another one for Morpheus from the Matrix. Uh, what's the best Nintendo system? Why are the wilds so bad? <laughs> it's a loaded question. I think, uh, it's harder to really find out what the best Nintendo system is because you get your different errors. And it's um, also hard to find out why the Wilds so, are so bad because you have your different errors. <laughs> the Wilds are so bad because, one, drafting. Yep. Uh, two is uh, development. development. <laughs> <laughs> Three is, uh, you know, just I think goaltending has fallen off a cliff and uh, and this team just doesn't seem to have a real cohesiveness Um Amongst the lines, uh, I think there's some good spots here and there. I think that the third line is really good uh, with Jules Eriksson Eck, but there just isn't enough consistency there to really bring the team to the upper echelon. As for the best Nintendo system, 
I never had a Super Nintendo, but I know a lot of people out there that really, 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 really love the Super NES. But I go the classic Nintendo Entertainment System just because it's nostalgia. But I, I, I think their case can be made that uh, the Switch is probably by by far the best because of how mobile it is. I think the Switch is so good. <laughs> like it, it is, it is really an incredible system. Uh, I, I I love the I love the ability to go handheld or on the go. I think the selection of games is amazing, especially when you look at uh, what you have with the Nintendo Online uh, mm-hmm. stuff, where you have access to. I think you have access to over fifty NES titles and twenty SNES titles. Okay, so like that kind of swallows up the nostalgia demographic for me. Um, before the Switch. Uh, the 3DS is a really great system, uh, and, and you can pick up a 2DS for real cheap. Um, uh, or, or, or yeah, you can pick up a uh, 2DS for real cheap, and, and there's so many good games. You have all the you have all the Pokemon games that came out on there. Like that's what I think brings a lot of people to the handhelds. But um, there's some. Yeah, uh, there's... I never got into like the Game Boy or the 3DS or anything like that. Yeah, 3DS is a really good system. Their Mario Kart, Mario Kart Seven, mm-hmm. is really top tier. It's uh, it's really great. Uh, I'm trying to think of other games. Uh, the the Donkey Kong Returns port uh, okay. almost made me rip my hair out. It's a good <laughs> platformer, but it was really hard. Um, Super Mario 3D World is is really good. They have a lot of N64 uh, remasters on there. So uh, Star Fox. Uh, they have uh, Ocarina of Time and the Jorah's Mask on there. Uh, I'm trying to think of other... There's at least one more. They have some original Zeldas on there. Uh, A Link Between Worlds is is the big one. Okay. Uh, There's there's a lot of uh, of real good... Let me... Didn't Super Smash Brothers make a debut on that? Yeah, Super Smash Brothers has an N64 remake. Uh, Maybe maybe it didn't make his debut. I think maybe it was Game Boy... But still, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, pretty good game. Uh, they have a remake of Metroid Two, a remaster of Metroid Two, that uh, that is really good. And, uh, like, and, and there's so much in my uh, there's so much in my 3DS backlog that uh, <laughs> that I, I like. There are all these incredible games, and I've played about half of them. And uh, like, I'm getting bogged down on the Switch, but it's like, ah, I need to I need to just pick up my my 3DS. And just finish playing these uh, these incredible games. Uh, I played the hell out of my N sixty four as well, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think we can really choose a best one. But uh, no, I can't. It's the Switch. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and take our last break here, and then uh, we'll come back with more of your questions. You're listening to Locked On Wild, and welcome back. This is the final segment of our Monday mailbag. Tony, you've got the questions still. Go ahead and uh, let's let's keep it rolling. Yeah, I just wanna I, I want to read one just mostly to direct uh, to uh, to our Friday episode uh, and and our previous episodes where uh, I, I think if we I think uh, our first trade rumors of the year episode also addresses this. Uh, if Pittsburgh is in on Zucker, would you do a deal that involved Matt Murray? Yes. If not, which yeah, me too. Probably. If not, which player from the Pens roster or system would you want, excluding their core players? Yeah, outside of their core players, I don't really like anybody on Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, uh, same. Matt Murray is, is somebody I'd be interested in. One, just to get a, a young goalie who's showed promise before. Uh, but two, because there's so uh, little in the system that I'm interested in. Yeah. So, but definitely check out that episode because we really went a little more in depth in what you're getting here. Uh, ben Remington, name all of the active players that are still on this roster in five years. Uh, well, so uh, is that the season ending 24-25 or 25-26? Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. I'd say let's go 24-25. 24-25, well, you've got... Uh, you've got two for sure in Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. Do you? Yeah. It'll be uh, their final year of their contract. I mean, it will be the final year of their contract. I'll be surprised if they're playing. And we'll, we can we can leave it at that. Okay, well, I mean, they might retire, but I do think, like, based on what we know now, I mean, we, we talked about this too, but the, the, they've actually been pretty damn good this year. Oh, yeah. Being, you know, 35 years of age and and um, how we expect them to completely drop off. But they've been pretty consistent pretty much and, and return to form. So they might be one of the few bright spots. Uh, Jared Spurgeon is signed through uh, as well. Um, I could see a situation where he's traded, but I could also see a situation where he's here long term. So, who? Um I do think that Kevin Fiala could get re-signed after his RFA year. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe like a um, Jules Eriksson Eck. Yeah, maybe Jules Eriksson Eck. He's someone that I thought of. Uh, five years is a long time in hockey. I'm trying to think of uh, who's on this roster from five years ago. Like how many players made it in? Uh, it's Koivu, it's Parise, it's Zucker, it's uh, it's Brodine, Dumba. Mm-hmm. So that's that's five guys: Spurgeon, Suter, Seven. Uh, was Dubnik has Dubnik been here for five years? Uh, what did he come over the twenty fifteen sixteen season? Fourteen fifteen. So yes, Dubnik. Okay, so, yeah. So 14, that's, that's nine guys. I don't think it's going to be nine guys next time. No, no. This team is going to have to turn over some roster, and uh, whether it's through trades or just letting contracts expire, um, there's going to be some turnover <laughs> in the My- next five years for sure. My list is, uh, unless they go on LTIR, I'll agree with you on Parisian Suter. I, mm, I, look, I, we've seen what happens around the league, is all I'm going to say about that. Uh, Kevin Fiala, I think, can stick for the next five years. If this was a, if this was a Fenton uh, team, I'd probably say that he is, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think he's probably the closest to a lock among the forwards. Um, maybe maybe Jason Zucker sticks around. I, I think there's just been too much smoke about his um about uh, about his name in trades. Yeah, I just think put that on the he, list. But even if it's not this year, it could be next year or the year after. I don't know if it's. I don't know if he lasts five years here in Minnesota. If uh, I'm gonna say one of Brodeen or Dumbo, not I, I couldn't tell you with confidence which one. 
and Jared Spurgeon. So I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be five guys. Okay. Hmm. Um, all right. Next question. All right. Speaking of numbers, give me your top three cheeses each, and one cheese that is garbage. Top three cheeses. I'm a big fan of Pepper Jack. Pepper Jack is definitely on my list. I love Swiss. Uh, I do love Swiss cheese. I'll even eat that stuff plain. It's most, it's yeah. fine. It's 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 a solid cheese. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, ooh, there's this one's a little bit tougher because like I, I do like provolone and I do really like like a good smoked cheddar. Mmm. But I think I'm gonna lean provolone just because it's it's got a little more universal. To it. It's a really good sandwich cheese. It really is. It is, yes. <laughs> hmm. All right. Um, uh, as for my... Uh, you, you give me your top okay. three first, and okay. then, uh, then we'll see our bad ones. So, I got I got Pepper Jack. I think that's definitely... Yeah, it's uh, my I staple. think that's definitely... It's a winner. It's so oh, good. It's, it's so good. Um, hmm, man. Ooh, Colby Jack is good, too, though. Do I want to say? Do I want to say provolone too? It's it's like, it's a solid cheese. It's 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 a great for sandwiches. You can use it on a lot of things, but it's also a little boring, you know. Right? Yeah, you're you're right. It's like the utility man of cheese. See, I think that way with like mozzarella though too. Yeah, I think mozzarella might be. I mean, like, like yeah, it's good but boring. Mm-hmm. Um. Shit, I had one in my head that was gonna. Oh, uh, okay. Um. Just, uh, just for the sake of unity, Joe, I think I'll go provolone. Like, I think, I think there's, there is time that we can have for a cheese that uh, that just kind of works on a lot of things. Sure, sure. So, so I'll I'll join you on provolone. Like if I'm getting a sandwich, I want provolone on my on my sandwich. Goes with all the meats. Yep. Um and then the last one I'll go a little bit off the board into a, a bit of a wild direction, but uh I love a good queso. Like a queso sauce? Yeah, like a like a like um yeah, I, I suppose queso just means cheese, so I'm just saying I like a good cheese. Uh, but like, um, I don't, I don't know, like exactly what, uh, what, like, uh, the Monterey Jack. Yeah, like the Monterey Jack, like white Monterey, like Monterey Jack is, is white. Yeah, so three, two, yeah. one. Yeah, like a good Monterey Jack queso dip like that's that's so damn good that's an mvp (laughs) all right uh my worst cheese i think and and i so mine's kind of a backhanded compliment but it's american cheese you know what i will defend american cheese because i've said american cheese is garbage for years, and then uh, then I was at uh, I was at a convention earlier, and there was a room where they were just making grilled cheese. 
Um, mm. Like late at night, like we were going to a bunch of rooms to like drink and stuff. And and one of them, they were making grilled cheese. That was their thing. They were watching anime and they were making grilled cheese. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I, I hate American cheese, but I want a grilled cheese sandwich. And I had it and I was like, oh, my God, this is really hitting the spot. Yeah. And so. And like if I get a trash burger now, like I'll 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 eat it with American cheese, that's fine. It like it it, it sucks, but I don't care anymore. It's it, <laughs> it's good, I'll eat it. My thing with American cheese is I I think it's mostly plain, but one good thing that it really does well is it melts well. So I usually put like a pepper jack cheese and maybe another cheese. And to get those cheeses to melt because they're not like a high moisture type of cheese, I I do slap a little bit of American in there just to get like the weld down, you know, in my (laughs) grilled cheese. So uh, I use it because of the high moisture content in it uh, and because it does melt well. But I overall think it's a relatively plain cheese. Yeah, I I would agree with you there. Um, And our last question comes from Marius. Okay, I know it's a wild idea, but if Jack Eichel requests a trade, does Garen try? If you listen to some people, we are only a franchise player away, and we I think it's more than that, but <laughs> and we have uh, and we sort of have tradable assets with value right now. Hovanov, Boldy, first round picks. Is he worth the gamble? Uh... I mean, first of all. Jack Eichel is an amazing player and he would be absolutely player. Yeah. It would be, it would be hard to overpay for Jack Eichel. He's under contract for a long time. He's 23 years old. Uh, right now he's having a season, uh, 31 goals in 51 games. And then, uh, and then adding, uh, 34 assists for, uh, for 65 points. Uh, just playing out of his mind right now. Um, so what what do you think, Joe? Like let let's I, I, I think the I think the odds of Minnesota being the destination are low. But let But he let, is in imagine. Buffalo. He is in Buffalo. He is in Buffalo. <laughs> I, think, I think Minneapolis St. Paul is quite a better destination than Buffalo. Um, but uh I do think that uh that really that's the wrong play to go with this team. Like I, I I do think like, yeah, you can accelerate the rebuild on this, but I think part of like not trying to overvalue some of the, uh, the prospects that the wild have right now, plus the first round picks. I do think that the wild need to hold on to their guys a little bit and see it through Mm -hmm. and, uh, and see what they got. Certainly once they're in a more position where, they are, are begin to be more, a little more established Then maybe they can be in a position to trade off some of their tradable assets. But I think that if they go ahead and, and, and make a move now or in the next year or so for, for Jack Eichel and give away kind of a, 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 a King's ransom for it, then I think that this team is going to be kind of a lot in the same place that they have been. So I don't think that they make that play. Yeah, I don't think they do either. Um, here, here's the thing with uh, with Eichel is that you know you're trading a guy who right now is a is a top ten player in the league, right? Would you mm-hmm. would you would you say that's about fair? Uh yep, 
And just think if he was on a much better team, yeah, mm-hmm. he could be really good. And he's also uh, making uh, making ten million dollars a year. So not only would you have to spend significant assets for him, it's like okay, where's the money coming from? So I mean, let's let's play, let's play that. Let's. Uh, uh, so Matt Dumba is going to be a six million dollar cap hit. Uh, I think that uh, I think that that would be a logical uh, piece to go if if nothing else for the salary and the and the combination of upside. Uh, Matt Dumba's value is at a low. I think at minimum you would have to also throw in your first round pick next year, right? Mm-hmm. And that I I don't think you can lottery protect that for Eichel. I think Buffalo no. has every right to say like no if if this is first overall. Uh, tough noogies, you got Jack Eichel. Uh, so an unprotected first-round pick, so that uh, pick that could be that is definitely going to be in the in the lottery range, or at least that certainly seems that way after after Monday's game. But you know, one that could potentially be first overall, and then uh, a prospect on top of that. Like, can you tell? Can you tell them no if they ask for Kaprizov if you're getting Jack Eichel back? Uh, they say it's Kaprizov or we're taking our ball home. Right, yeah. I think they can say that. If not, like, uh, definitely definitely a Boldy or, or Hovenov and, and maybe another pick on top of that. So I think the cost is going to be too prohibitive, especially when you – I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Eichel's a, a real good player, a special player, a franchise player. But when you – Consider that, you know, he's got a team with nothing around him and that team is struggling. Do you want to put him into another situation where that might end up being the same thing? All right. That was a a good, fun question, I think, to finish on. Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Tony. You can find my work at The Athletic Minnesota. You can still read my trade value rankings for the Minnesota Wild. They are still... They're still strong. They're good, and uh, and they're relevant with uh, with the uh, Minnesota Wild seven points out of the playoff spot right now. Absolutely, and uh, yeah. So you can find my work on ZoneCoverage.com. You can also find me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. Uh, that's gonna do it for this episode. Um, if you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. We do like to read those reviews. If you can follow the podcast on Twitter, uh, just look up at Locked on Wild and you can get in touch with us there um, and uh, send in those mailbag questions, those listeners choice questions that are topics that we do every single Friday. We absolutely really, really like doing those listener choice episodes for Fridays. So uh, you can also get in touch with us via email. So if you want to send in that way rather than Twitter, just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked On Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day. <laughs>